So we have been covering that if we want to enter into our promised land, we have to upgrade ourselves. We have to develop the gifting that God has placed in our life. We have to deal with ourselves, deal with the demons that is inside. You know, our mindset, our attitude, and uh, uh, so that we can take possession of what God has for us. So we have to rise up. We have to fight in order to take possession, in order to be able to enter into our inheritance. How do we fight? You know, what is the strategy of the enemy? How, how does the enemy attack us? So let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 2. Verse 10 to 11. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10 to 11. If you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Okay, Satan designed schemes to fight this warfare with us. Because the enemy knew that we are the people of God. We are the treasure possession of God. And the enemy cannot just come and attack us like that because we are great people. He cannot defeat us. So that's why the enemy is designed. He's a cunning uh, person. So he designs schemes how he can snare us, how he can uh, uh, get us to, to, to fall into the trap. So it tells us that even though we are victorious people, Satan cannot defeat us, but we are responsible for our victory. We are the people of God. As children of God, God protects us. God will not lead us into battle that we cannot win. We learn that uh, from the life of the uh, Israelite. So every battle that we enter into, God makes sure we can win. And that's why Satan doesn't like it. Satan says, God, you're not fighting fair. You know? So we, 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 we look at the, the example of Job. God spoke to Satan when Satan came around. He said, hey, have you seen my servant, Job? What was the, the complaint of, of, of Satan? Let's look at Job 1 verse 9. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. You know the reality? Satan has been watching Job too. Satan has been trying to penetrate, trying to attack him. But he couldn't. Because there's a protection around Job. And he realized it's not, it's not easy to, 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 to attack Job because God has blessed him so much in everything he does. See, so that's why Satan come and complain and say, God, you're not fighting fair. 
If you let go of that protection, if you attack you know, the, the things that He has, He will surely curse you. See? God protects us. God doesn't fight fair as far as his wel- the welfare of His children is concerned. And I'm sure that applies to us too as far as the welfare of our children too. You know, if we can give our children an advantage, we'll give them an advantage over others because they are our children. So Satan complained. So God looked at the situation. He listened to Satan. He thought, yeah. Job, if you want to rise to the next level, you will have to fight this battle. You know, I want to bless you double fold. I want you to enlarge your border even further. Now you have settled down. Now you are just caring about what you have. But I want to give you the double portion. I want you to extend your border. So this is a battle you must fight. Satan, you're on. But you cannot destroy his life. Okay, so we know the story. Job went through crisis after another, after another. He doesn't know what's happening because he doesn't see what we know today. He doesn't see what is happening in the heavenlies. And he couldn't understand. But yet Job hold on to God and he was, continu- uh, he was faithful to God. And that's why eventually, what was the end result? Job get double portion of everything that, that he had at, that, at this moment, you know, uh, because of the victory that God has given to him. So we are protected. Satan uh, will need to ask permission to attack us. So if ever you are facing any kind of attack, you know you can win. Because if you can't, God will not permit it. Okay? So uh, we, we, that's why we look at the battle. We look at the, the, the warfare in a different light altogether. You know, you never look at the warfare in, in a, with the mindset of being a victim. You know, you never look at the warfare with, with that kind of mindset where you want to take revenge, where you want things to be fair. You know, you never look at things like that. You look at the hands of God. You know, if you cannot win, God will not send this battle to you. So, what do you need to fight against? Okay, you just go for that. So, Satan need to ask permission. God doesn't fight fair. Satan need to ask permission. Satan need to ask permission to shift Peter. Can you see? The scripture is reminding us again and again. The enemy will not be able to touch us if God doesn't permitted. And God will not allow him to touch us beyond what we can endure. Beyond what we can have uh, 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 victory over uh, over him. Okay, So God will not permit that. You see, after Peter fought that warfare, Peter rise to the next level. You know, uh, uh, Jesus said to Peter, after you turn back, you strengthen your brethren. Now you're fighting among yourself, trying to be the greatest, trying to determine who is the leader. But when you have victory over this attack of the enemy, you will be great. You will become greater. You will be the leader among the leaders. Okay, so you can see God 
that through every warfare that we face, God is actually preparing us to go on to the next level. And until and unless you are willing to fight, you will continue to be confined in where you are. You understand? Uh, so this kind of warfare is good for us. It's good for us because God is preparing us for greater things. Okay? So in this year, you're looking for breakthrough. You know you've got to fight those warfare. You've got to face those problems. If you don't, you are not able to enter into the inheritance that, that God is preparing for us. Okay? So can you see the, the attack of the enemy is conditioned. The enemy cannot do what he wants. Only what God permits him to do. Then he's allowed it to do. So can you see, this is our training ground. God set the parameter. And this is our training ground in order to train us to be a greater person. It's not determined by the enemy. It's determined by God. Okay, but God permits it. So in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He said, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. The scripture is reminding us again, God will not permit you to be tempted, to be trialed, to, to face those kind of situations that you cannot win, that you cannot endure. So don't run away. Don't run away. Because you can face it, you can go through those difficulties and become a greater person. And then, and then very often, when I read this verse, I, you know, it's like somehow we are so weak, He provides a way for us to escape. Right? You know, it's just like a dog, you know, just, just manage to escape, but with his tail hanging down at the back. But this is not what it says. It says here, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up. Okay, so that you can be victorious. Yes, you have to endure. You have to face those, those challenges. But you face it eventually in victory. You are standing up in those situations. Not falling down. Yeah, in the process, you may. But you stand up. Okay, because God has prepared the way for you to, to be victorious. So the victory belongs to us. The battle belongs to the Lord. But we are responsible to make sure we have the victory. God is so, so faithful to us. And we have experienced it time and again in crisis situation where God's faithfulness just, 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 just proved Himself again and again and again. And every time we end up victorious, even though we have to struggle, we, even though we have to face a lot of difficult challenges, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, and so on, but yet we are victorious. Okay, but remember, we are responsible for our victory. In 2 Corinthians 2, the first verse, uh, the, the, in verse 11, in order Satan, uh, that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware, unaware of his schemes. Okay, so we got to be in the know. We, got, we cannot be ignorant about how the enemy attacks us. Okay, otherwise we fall into the trap without knowing. Okay, so now we want to talk about the schemes of Satan. 
We're just going to talk about one of the schemes. It's through offense. Offenses of men uh, in our life so that we, if we are not aware of how we deal with it, we will fall into his uh, snare and be defeated. Okay, so to be offended is inevitable in this life. But to take offense is to fall into the snare, the scheme of the devil. Okay, I like to repeat that again. To be offended is inevitable, right? You will be offended. Uh, people will say things that hurt you or do things that hurt you or, or whatever, right? To be offended is inevitable. But to take offense is to fall into the schemes of the devil. When we take offense, we are actually giving Satan an entrance into our life. The protection that God has placed over us now is broken. The enemy has an opportunity. The Chinese version translated very well. The enemy has an opportunity to come in to, to take advantage. And then at the end, what is the outcome? You end up being the tools of the enemy. Right? When you're offended, you're so angry and, 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 and you become bitter, you hold on to the offense and so on. Eventually, what happens? You begin to talk about it. You begin to accuse a person. You begin to slander the person. You don't intend to, but you're so angry. So everything, you just magnify it. People do things, yeah, there are certain truth in it, but you magnify it, you look at things in that way, and it becomes slandering. Because you're so angry. You can't see the good of that person. The good intention of that person, you interpret it as something as something bad. I don't know about you. If you have deal with people long enough, I'm sure you have that kind of experience. Now the person just cannot see what is that that's anything good about that person. Everything is misinterpreted. You know? So so we 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 got to be careful. Otherwise, when we take offense, we fall into the schemes of the, 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 the devil and we lose our victory. God has given us power, authority, and, and, and ability to deal with the situation, but we lose it. Because we fall into the schemes of, of the devil. In our life, you know, we need to really see it as the enemy trying to take opportunity to come into our life. But we have victory over him because God is on our side. Okay, so Ephesians 4 verse 26 it says, in your anger, do not sin. Right? In your anger, do not sin. It's, it's okay to be angry because we're emotional beings. But don't continue. Don't harbor that offense in your life. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Okay, so the enemies want to, he has designed a scheme so that we will fight one another. We'll be angry with one another and fight one another. Causes division to come in. Right? This is his scheme. This is his uh, purpose. So the word God is saying, we need to deal with the offense. We need to deal. Not ignore it. Because if you ignore it, it's just there. It continues to brew. And it becomes uh, worse and worse. You know, because the enemy is working. Right? So we need to deal with the offense that we felt uh, 
in a, in the right way rather than just ignore. Uh, the, the, it's important why we need to deal with it. Not so much for the other person. It's so that we can grow as a person. So a lot of times we, we ignore it, we push it down. You know, there's an undercurrent in our life, in our spirit, so that we cannot break through because of all these things that has been unresolved in our life. But when we deal with them, we become a greater person because of victory over the problem. Right? So it's important that we deal in the right way. That benefits us, that causes us to grow. And definitely is not by ignoring it, pretend that it didn't happen because it just continued to, to, to be... The seed has been sowed inside. It will continue to grow and one day it will bring forth that kind of fruit, which is not good. Okay? Right. So, okay, so the seed that has been sown, you do not see the result immediately. But when you look at that person, you just don't feel good about that person. When a person does some, uh, did something, you, you just feel that, well, maybe there's another. You know that kind of feeling, right? You know, we all, we all have gone through that. Okay, so you don't see that, but it continues to grow, continues to grow until one day it will bring forth uh, damaging uh, fruits. Okay, so particularly offenses among ourselves as brothers and as sisters. Okay, we need to deal with them. Look at Proverbs 18, verse 19. Proverbs 18, verse 19. An offended brother is more unyielding than a fortified city. And disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. Okay, so when we, when we offend a brother, somehow, somehow, the heart can be so hardened. The Bible says it is harder to conquer than a fortified city. You know, a fortified city, they stand there to defend the city. So the person who is offended will stand there to defend themselves. And their hearts get so hardened. It's very difficult to solve. Why is a person so hardened, so hard to, 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 to solve the problem and they want to defend themselves? Why? Because they feel they are right. Because they feel they are so right. And the other person is so wrong. And that's why they are so hardened. They want to defend. right? And then it talks about the bad gates. The bad gates is to stop people from coming in. Is to uh, if you today we have the bad uh, wires to stop people from coming nearer. So immediately the person when they get become hardened, they are pushing people away. They will not allow you to enter into their life. They are not ready to grow. They are not ready to solve what is the problem. They just want to keep you out. They want to protect themselves. Right? So you, you find it difficult to talk to them. You find it difficult to resolve the problem because they just don't want to. They just want to keep you out. Okay, so this is a time the person will want to isolate themselves because they don't want you to come in. They probably won't come to the cell group. They probably won't come to church eventually because they just don't want to uh, deal with the problem right? uh, that, that they're facing. And after that, what happened? When we begin to be hardened, our heart is closed, bitterness set in, 
And that's the time we begin to talk bad or attack or slander uh, the, the person. Hebrews 12 verse 15. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. So during this time, remember, we are under attack of the enemies through a very normal, uh, natural situation, but nevertheless, Satan is behind that. And it's a conditional training ground, right? We will not be defeated, meaning God has grace for us to face the situation. But we can miss the grace of God. And if we miss the grace of God, we will be defeated. And we will be the ugliest person on earth when we miss the grace of God. The Bible tells us, I am who I am by the grace of God. So if I do not have the grace of God, I become the ugliest person. That's why I will talk differently. I will behave differently. You know, there's no love inside because I'm so hardened. All I want is to take revenge. Justice. You know, we become an animal during those times. So we, we don't care at this moment when we get into that kind of situation. We don't care whether we are destroying the church, we are destroying the, the faith of others. We just want people to support us, to be on our side. And that's why he say, you know, when that bitter uh, root grows up, it causes trouble and defile many. Defile many. You know, people will be influenced by what we say and by what what, what we uh, tell them. Then we fall into the schemes of the devil. The devil is out to destroy the church. The devil is out to destroy our unity. Is out to destroy you know, the relationship that we have. So now, we become his tools because we are not aware of the schemes of the devil. Okay, so now we realize one thing. How do we fight offense? We fight offense by the grace of God. By the grace of God. So we don't want to miss the grace of God uh, uh, in order to help us to fight the offense. So, uh, what is the grace of God in our life? John, because what John 1 verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace. And truth. Okay, the grace of God is the glory of God. And God wants to release His glory into our life. He wants to release His love, His His power, you know, His wisdom, His nature. God wants to release that into our life so that when we face that difficulties, face that, that offense, the glory of God will shine through and overcome the wickedness. That is around. So we fight offense with the glory of God. And we need the glory of God to have victory. Or else we end up like the devil in his ways. And, it, and the glory of God, 
comes with truth. Yeah, full of grace and truth. Some people, they have truth, but they have no grace. And that's very dangerous. Because the glory of God is filled with truth and grace. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, before he came to know Jesus, he has a lot of, quote and unquote, truth in him. But there's no grace. It turned him into an animal. It turned him to be a murderer. It turned him, you know, uh, to be a, a very harsh person that he wants to find justice and, and, and uh, yeah, to, to his ways. So, the glory of God, uh, the, the grace of God comes with truth. Comes with truth. The two works together. Okay? So, so when we face with offenses, right? You know the behavior of the person that I described? Because they feel they're so right. They feel that they have the truth. But when you have truth, you do not have grace. You end up like Saul, the, the, the apostle Saul, before he was converted. He wants justice. He, he, come, he wants to kill and everyone who opposed the truth. And so he became a murderer. Right? So, you see, this person just do the same. We don't murder physically, but with our words, with our slander, with the way we behave, we cause destruction. Right? So, grace must come with truth. They work together. That's the glory of God. And grace come to us through the blessing of God. Through the blessing of God. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. So when the grace of God is upon us, despite of the fact that you're going through some hard time, you're going through a real challenging time, painful, hurtful time, but during those times, the blessing of God will continue to come to you. The comfort of God will come. The love of God will come. The abundance of God will come to you. You know, if you, if you hold on and do not miss the grace of God. So during those times, you won't be focusing on the pain and the suffering and be consumed by them. Because the blessing of God continue to come. The joy continue to come. The love of God continue to come. So you're able to face those situations despite of it. Because your focus is still on Jesus. You're still on the Lord. You can see the goodness of God. You can see the hands of God. You're thankful. You're, you're, inside of you, instead of being bitter, you're filled with thankfulness towards God. So you can face the, the problem. Okay, so when, when Job went through those kind of suffering, and the wife came out and wanted to stir up problem for, for, for him, the wife fell into the trap of the devil. She said exactly what the, the devil said to God. Because the devil said, if you touch Job, he will curse you. So Job's wife turned around and said, you know, curse God and die. Look at what happened to you. You see? So she was talking exactly like Satan. She was the tools of Satan. But Job was able to overcome. Why? Because he said, God has been blessing me so much. He has been so good to me. Would I turn against him at this time? No. You see, so his heart was filled with thankfulness because of the blessing of God. The grace of God is upon him. 
the grace of God. So he's able to face those kind of terrible situation. And Jonah, the book of Jonah 2 verse 8. Jonah 2 verse 8. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. So there is a grace in this kind of situation that we're going through. But if you hang on, if you cling to worthless idols, what are the worthless idols? Our defense mechanism. The things that we trust in. Our argument, our justification, our excuses, our blaming. All these are worthless. And the Bible says it's worthless idols because you trust in them. You depend on them to prop up your self-image, your values, your acceptance, instead of trusting God. So if you cling on to these worthless idols, you forfeit the grace that could be yours. So take note that you do not miss the grace of God during this time. Okay. So during this time of uh, being offended, Maybe we are wrong. Maybe the person is wrong. It doesn't really matter. Because God is using the situation to train us to be great people. And He's making available His grace to us so that we can be victorious. Remember, we have to be responsible for our victory. So this time, if you hold on to that kind of defense, that argument, that kind of mindset, you forfeited the grace of God. Right? But if you humble yourself, you're willing to be teachable, you're willing to learn, you want to know the truth, uh, you're willing to allow God to break you, even though you know, it's unpleasant, but you want to face the reality so that you can move to the next level, there is grace there. There is grace there uh, for us. So that's why Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Okay? We depend on the grace of God. It's the grace of God that makes us who we are. Don't miss out the grace of God in your life. So we need to, uh, the anointing of God's grace. Have you heard of this thing? We, we, we heard about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But have you heard of the anointing of God's grace upon our life? We need it in order to be great people. Uh, Psalm 45 verse 2. You are the most excellent of men and your lips have been anointed with grace since God has blessed you forever. So in order to be excellent people, great people, what do we need? The grace of God, the anointing of God's grace upon our lips. Our words are very important. How you say it, what you say, is very important. When you are, your lips is anointed with the grace of God, there will be thanksgiving. There will be praise. There will be honor. 
Because He's anointed with the grace of God. And we become great people, excellent people. We need the grace of God. So never, never miss the grace of God. Some people, they do not have the grace, the anointing of grace in their lips. All that comes out is negative. You know, it's, it's critical. It's damaging. But when there is an anointing of God's grace upon our lips, there is that gentleness, you know, there is that, that uh, uh, as I say, thankfulness in our hearts. So we, we talk differently. We talk differently. So we need it to be great people, great people, excellent people of God. Never, never miss the grace of God because bitterness will come out. Yeah, harshness will come out. Right. So the anointing of grace uh, make us not just excellent people, but make us powerful people. Powerful people. Acts 4, verse 33. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And much grace was upon them all. So when the grace of God is upon us, it begins to spread, it begins to influence, we begin to testify. It begins to speak about God. And so the influence begins to be felt in our environment. Yeah, by the grace of God. So we become agent of change to our environment. And then another verse in Acts 6 verse 8. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. So when the grace of God is upon us, there is that faith. Faith in God. Because we know that everything depends on God. It's God's grace, it's not us. So now we arise in faith. Because when you depend on yourself, you begin to doubt. You begin to wonder, can I do it? But when you understand it's the grace of God, it's the power is from God, everything is, is depending on God, now you can trust Him because He is going to do it. That's the difference when someone who has faith, they have the grace of God upon them. Right? Because they know how to depend on God. So when you have the anointing of God's grace, miracles will take place. That's why he said they did miraculous signs and great wonders among the people. Because you realize it's God. And you trust God. And miracles begin to take place. But when you trust yourself, your mind is working. You know, you look at what you have. You walk not according to faith. You just walk by human wisdom understanding of the situation. But now when you are anointed by the grace of God, thank God. You know, I am who I am because of the grace of God. I will do wonders because of the grace of God. Because it's Him, not me. So can you see this morning, Satan wants to come into our life. He wants to bring damage into our life. And he knows he can't because God is protecting us. And he can only have permission and then only he can do. And it's limited because God put a hedge around us. But God is trying to tell us the victory is available. The victory is given to all of us here. But we got to be responsible. If we are foolish, we will be defeated by him. But when we are knowledgeable when we know the schemes that the enemy is setting up against us. 
then we will be smarter. Then we will know how to fight against him. But if you are so ignorant, even when Satan attacks you, you think it's the other person attacking you. That's what Paul says. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. A lot of time we think it's the other person. We are so angry, we want to kill the other person with our words, with our slander. And we fall into Satan's snare. Satan's schemes. That's exactly what he wants. That's the destruction that he wants to bring to the church. But we've got to deal with this problem because God has set it as our training ground to be a great people. And He knows we will be the great people because He has available His grace to us during those situations. So that we can win every time. But the process is important. The process is important. During the process, we may be defeated like, like, like Peter. He fall. But the grace is there. The grace is there for him to come uh, into victory. So Peter turned around and become that great leader. Okay, so this morning, never lose the grace of God because you hang on to those worthless idols, those defense mechanisms that you use all the time. And that's why you never grow. Or that's why you are who you are at this moment. You're not breaking to the next level. Don't hang on to those worthless idols. Throw away. Deal with those problems. Deal with the offense. With an open heart. And allow God to work inside. Deal with you. So that when, by the grace of God, you stand. You're victorious. Then you move to the next level. Then you enter into a double portion of God's blessing. Because that's where, where God is taking you to. A higher ground. Higher ground. Okay, so this year, I'm sure we will go through problems. But you know there's a grace of God. There are no problems for us. Because we will have the victory. Amen. The glory of God, that's the grace of God upon us. So this morning, let's, I hope you're hearing what God is saying to you. Because offenses will come. People will do things and say things. But we are bigger than that. We are bigger than that because we are the great people of God. Let's rise.